Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Getting proper mental health care can help you feel more like you. That's why Cerebral offers convenient access to online mental health services, including therapy and medication management. Cerebral's diverse clinician team can help with anxiety, insomnia, relationship issues, workplace stress, and more. You can schedule and communicate with your care team through Cerebral's mobile app and attend your sessions from the comfort of your own home. Get started with or without insurance. Plus, you can use your FSA or HSA. Start your first month for 50% off at Cerebral.com slash ACAST. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. What would you say if I told you there's a book that can teach you how to win The Bachelor? What would you say if I told you producers caught multiple finalists reading that book in this season that's currently airing? What would you say if I told you the producers don't want anyone to know that their show has been compromised? How do we know all this? We wrote that book. I'm Lizzie Pace. And I'm Chad Colchin. We're the authors of How to Win the Bachelor and the hosts of the Game of Roses podcast, a bi-weekly podcast where we break down all the biggest plays, errors, and MVPs in the game of reality television. Listen to Game of Roses wherever you get your podcasts and go to howtowinthebachelor.com to get our book. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com. Hi, it's Dave here. You're listening to The Cinemile. And uh, Kathy's not here today because she doesn't really uh, play or like to watch me play video games. Uh, so this would have been a very weird episode with her. Uh, but um, I have invited a friend of mine, Tom Silcock. Hello, Tom. Hey. Uh, along to uh, look back at the, the year in gaming that was 2020. Um, so I, firstly, to caveat all of this, as I did last year... I'm going to I'm going to say that most of what I played in 2020 was not even from 2020 because I have a huge backlog of games that can't seem to get to any of the more recent ones. Uh so this is anything that I speak about is going to be just stuff that I played this year that uh I thought was good. Uh but that's why I invited Tom here because Tom uh you seem to have played everything. <laughs> yeah, being the year that it has been, um, I've had a lot of free time on my hands. So uh, I've played a good back catalogue of games from this year, last year, and and years previous. I've completed. <laughs> how, many, it. I completed well, how many years back? I did you go? Did you? 
You completed the, gaming. I've completed the PlayStation. It's done. It's over. There's okay. nothing left to give. Did you go? Did you get back to Pong and ET? <laughs> yeah, uh, Pong remastered. <laughs> um, and uh, you might have guessed that Tom doesn't have kids, so it has was able to use his free time, his COVID free time, uh, uh, <laughs> and put it to good use. <laughs> the best use, some would say. Yeah. I, I think so. Um, <laughs> so what we're going to do here is. Um, there won't be any spoilers for games. Oh, yes, you can spoil games these days. Um, uh, there won't be any spoilers for anything here. This is like just basically recommendations. I think like most, like any list, this is stuff that we liked that we'd like to recommend. Uh, we're each going to do our top five of 2020. Again, most of mine aren't from 2020. Um, and some honorable mentions, stuff that got away. Um, and then what we thought was the worst or mis- most disappointing, which could probably guess what that's going to be um so tom do you want to kick it off with uh your fifth best game of the year yeah arbitrary number fashion Um, the this was a game that actually came out in 2019 but i think it the the games that come out the year before typically fall into the next year's like game of the year reviews in much in the same way that that's when you play them they're the big christmas releases so they they fall into the next year's catalog um to that point, though, I think this game came out in the summer, but it was called Control. Have you heard of Control, Dave? Yeah, I bought Control uh, three weeks ago in, a, in in one of the Christmas sales on the PS4. Best time to do it. But I, you know, this is what I, I think I bought more games than I played, way, way more in this year. I bought 55 games on the Switch. Wow. I've played, I played like seven of them. When are you, you going to find the time, Dave? I, I just don't have it. Uh, and Control is on the list. But so I love buying games. Control was like a tenner. And I was like, oh, I want to play that. But I will probably be talking to you about that two years from now. <laughs> what? But sorry, um, carry, carry on. Tell me what I've got to look forward to. It's really very good, especially for the price point that you got it. Um, it is a sort of science fiction mystery type game that reminded me very much of, um, of Portal. Uh, it's certainly not like puzzle based in that way, but the way that it builds the world around you and the way that it builds the intrigue that it does, it was really refreshing to have a really tight kind of 15 hour game. So not something that's sprawling and endless, um, but still had a, a kind of open ended feel to it. Um, that had so much, as I say, intrigue and mystery, and it, it did very well to be a story that starts kind of in the middle. Um, too, too many games now, they spoon feed you absolutely everything, whereas this had enough, like, you you as a character, it's not, um, you have to find things out about yourself as you're playing along. It's like, who, who am I as, as the person that I'm playing? Where have I come from? What are my motivations? Um, what is my stake in this? And why am I in this place? That's uh, it's already quite weird and wonderful around you. And this is by the, the studio that made Alan Wake and uh, Max Payne, right? Uh, yeah, right? it's 505 games. I, I think you're right with the Alan Wake. I can't remember if they had a hand in the Max Payne games. But um, yeah, it's very it's, it's closer to the Alan Wake side of things, I think. Cool. And there are was very story-driven from memory and the gameplay. Is the gameplay sort of solid in this as well? I think this is the thing with games generally at the moment, is that the gameplay in most games, especially the AAA games, is solid it, it's tight like it's very difficult to find fault with them like people move the way that they're supposed to cars drive the way they're supposed to you shoot guns the way you're meant to you speak the way you're supposed to unless um, it's cyberpunk uh, well, <laughs> yeah unless unless you're... in which case anything can happen <laughs> <laughs> um 
so yeah the the, the core stuff in in everything that's happening at the moment is really tight so when i'm looking for a game that i think is going to be good it's got to be something that's either uh interesting story-wise some sort of huge innovation of gameplay or um just really really tight character work and the uh the the story that they put together in this i think was one that was certainly certainly intrigue worth seeing three awesome and did they do the quantum thing with the, the quantum break thing quantum break yeah yeah, yeah. and they was... tried to mix like tv and games and they they said it was going to be revolutionary and they had like aiden gillen and uh, lance reddick and uh and i don't think it really made much of a way seen this done it? a few times and it's never once landed like tv no. and games as a crossover in that direction never seemed to work like in terms of an integration like fine the witcher was you know fine as a series like you can do it that way but yeah. not not the other <laughs> But that's that. The Witcher was like an adaptation of a game. This was like they had them kind of trying to run them concurrently, wasn't it? Yeah. And and there was also what was that sci-fi show on the Sci-Fi Channel, which was another one you mean? Yeah. And uh, a, and a TV show, and they were supposed to influence each other. It's yeah. Uh, it's it's insane to think that the arrogance from either industry that they could move fast enough on either side to create the medium know, right? in real time. It's like you, you can't do it. <laughs> Very ambitious, though. And, and it wasn't a bad show from memory. If anyone could remember that, please uh, please tweet us um, at the cinema. Um, okay, cool. Well, my um, number five of the year was uh, from, I think, like three years ago. Uh, but it was Resident Evil 7. Oh, Is that okay. the most recent one? The Biohazard one? Have you played that? I haven't, no. But I think well, I know the one you mean. Well, I'll tell you why I, why I ended up playing this. This was the year, 2020 was the year for me that I... Uh, <laughs> Finally, the year of biohazards. The year... <laughs> good. <laughs> um, this was the year for me that uh, it was so bad I needed to escape even further and normal video games wasn't enough. So I, I got the VR... I went into the VR thing, right? Because I was like, I've got to just get out of this this actual reality. Uh, so I um, got a good deal on a PlayStation VR, which by all accounts is probably the sort of lowest sort of spec one but i'm i don't have a high-end pc and can't uh yeah you don't have 1500 quid just sitting no, aside to exactly. spend on that yeah i'm with you. and i, I and i toyed with the idea honestly but <laughs> I, I think kathy would not have been very happy with me and when would i play it anyway so um so i thought this is a good sort of entry point uh and i and i got a a, a decent price on it and i thought right this is it so and uh it came with resident evil seven and amongst other things and um this is the first time i'd ever donned a, a vr headset um besides just trying trying it uh, at a friend's house and it was like absolutely like for me the the vr thing is what while it's not like perfect and they haven't quite finessed the the sort of mesh like the controller and the uh the headset and gameplay and sometimes it feels a bit sort of uh round uh, peg in a square hole but the um when it works it it works uh particularly when it comes to the immersion factor and resident evil for me is the perfect sort of um uh, the perfect test bed for sort of a horror game and it brought it all it literally brings it right up to your face and you feel like you're there so for I, i'm a big horror fan and i found it absolutely excruciatingly terrifying to feel like i was walking through a haunted house particularly at the beginning i think the game has problems i think it becomes very familiar and tropey in a, in a resident evil way which is good in that it's familiar and in it like um you know 
it, it's instantly recognizable as Red, Resident Evil, but a lot of the gameplay mechanics feel quite dated. You know, find a find this key. This this key goes in that hole, and then you're that's what you're finding. You know, it's it it just feels a little outdated at, at this stage. But um, it's a fun story. It's a fun setting. It's also crucially not anything to do with the the convoluted storyline of the Resident Evil games. <laughs> I, I really that's admire already a big them. Draw. Oh, for just fucking like just abandon that and did their did a brand new thing, which was needed because Resident Evil Six was just garbage. Um, so yeah, that's my uh, that's my number five of the year. I think you like the VR stuff, and that is what we're going to see more of uh, because it's it is so good. And if you've not had a chance to stick on a VR headset, the thing that you they really can't sell enough, or certainly they don't seem to be able to demonstrate, is that when you put a VR headset on because it's going different images into either eye you can perceive depth and as soon as you can perceive depth then you feel like you're in a place more than you're watching anything on a television or or anywhere like it's it's as close to a sort of science fiction holodeck type thing as you're going to get that's Um, exactly right i was like i spent a lot of the time in resident evil just looking at like bookcases and in fridges um (laughs) which is like and that that is you're describing a 2020 simulator (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly oh my god the zoom calls in resident evil are so good and the the zoom quizzes very excellent Uh, but yeah yeah sorry press x to switch on mic (laughs) so what's your uh well actually come to the uh, side note like are we gonna start you know we've seen tv be influenced by the pandemic when's do you think this is gonna hit gaming like is 20 are games in 2021 and 2022 gonna have characters wearing face masks it's grand theft auto 6 Gonna have to, gonna have to maintain a respectful distance. The pandemic from people on, the, on the streets, yeah. <laughs> it's. Um, I was thinking about this with uh, drones. Strangely, um, now in what over the last five years, the popularity of small miniaturized drones, um, like the FPV racing drones and the the drones people using for commercial work, drones have just become a thing. Mm. Um, and in all of science fiction history and video games in the past drones were nowhere to be seen and then suddenly they get invented now and not even not even the brightest minds of however far back could have dreamt that drones would be as prevalent as they are today and now in every single video game there's some sort of drone like as a combatant (laughs) they are everywhere (laughs) they've been invented now and they've been like stretched so i wouldn't be surprised uh, in fact, one of my top five heavily uh, top five heavily features drones. So uh, <laughs> drone simulator, you're, you're a bang on the mark. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, right, Tom. So, what was your number four of the year? Uh, number four. This was something that we actually talked about um, around this time last year as being something we were quite excited for, um, and I sincerely recommend is uh, Ghost of Tsushima, which mm. is a truly stunning game by Sucker Punch. It's um, really generally very like it's it's a beautiful looking game this you know these beautiful vistas that they've done um like this great color palette this really stylistic feel to it there's um you know it's set in the the islands of Tsushima which means it's like covered in cherry blossom and all of this Japanese iconography it's like truly stunning to look at even the cinematography that they've put into all of the cutscenes and things it's like a very very confident game and it um it reeks of sort of the the end of an era of of a console where they start to put out their best games like in the same way that the PlayStation 3 and the the Xbox 360 as they were coming to their twilight some of the best games that they put out came out then this yeah. feels like a real swan song for the PS4 um this kind of like uh Sony made game that it, it just it just oozes with great gameplay and great ideas it's 
It's really very tight. I think they missed a couple of opportunities here for a for a story that is about honor. That you could have had a more living kind of honor based system in it, where the world around you would reflect to your actions as to whether or not you choose to be honorable or not. But because they were telling a really kind of tight story about um, about a particular character who would become the ghost uh, within this, I can see why they didn't. But it, importantly, it is a really like. Um, streamlined in terms of its size like it's it's tangible it's manageable you get this open world but all of the stuff on there you can do and it, it feels like it's worth doing it feels like so many games come out now and the assassin's creed games are really bad for this where you have a huge 60 hour game full of heaps and heaps of stuff to do but none of it that i'm interested in doing like i, I can't be bothered to go to you know the arse yeah. end of wherever to do something whereas this felt like everything within it you, you could 100 percent this game and it would have felt like it was worthwhile doing and you would have got your money's worth like it wasn't wasting your time for the for the sake of it as they so often do i'm sure that if there's a sequel that will soon go out of the window um but yeah well well worth the play <laughs> bigger better <laughs> More. I, I i totally i i haven't played this game but i i totally agree with your point about um uh the the the, the, the sort of quality of side missions being a, a really important factor for me in a game because yeah the assassin's creed one is a good point that that um you tend to get this sort of copy and paste mechanic particularly in the earlier assassin's creed games so like there's this type of side mission you can do and it's just exactly the same every yeah. time, and it always ends up, and it always ends with you climbing a tower and then backflipping into a hay cart. Uh, <laughs> and there's only so many times that can be impressive. Um, and for me, the Witcher series was always very good at providing a, a sort of a, a layer of story underneath side missions, which uh, added that that sort of. Uh, context and it's it seems like um ghost of tsushima has done something similar ghost of tsushima is that right tsushima yeah 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 okay uh that that's on my list i didn't get a chance to play it uh but i will talk to you about it uh in a couple of years um (laughs) well well worth your time right so my number four of the year was uh hades on uh, i played this on nintendo switch but it's also available on uh pc uh i believe and it's a uh roguelike game uh, i can see you i can see you typing so i like this i've stumped I've, I've you i've not heard of this at uh, all this is completely passed me by you should definitely uh check this out if you can and i i what i wouldn't require i wouldn't think it would require too much to run on a, a on a pc um so uh probably could be uh, downloaded on a, a fairly uh handy machine from steam or wherever uh but it is on nintendo switch it's um it's a roguelike game so for anyone who doesn't know what that means that's uh, basically you know it's per- permadeath so you get one run at you know, you, the, the dungeon so to speak and if you die you start from the beginning again um the but the um the plot of this game is essentially you are the son of hades it's so it's greek uh, mythology features uh, all the all the greek uh, classic all the classic greek gods are there zeus and uh, uh, athena and all the um Ares and all the good ones. Um, all the guys, they're all, all there. The guys. <laughs> all your favorites, and you got to catch them all. Um, and um, you, so you play the son of uh, of uh, Hades, uh, who is the uh, the god of the underworld, and that's where this game is based. And you are essentially trying to escape the underworld. That's your that's your mission. Um, and you, the, the the they've woven the roguelike element of this story in of this game into the story. So. 
he is able to die over and over again because he is in the underworld essentially so but he he treats it as just a source of frustration he is reborn in the same place where his father's office is every time and then he so when you die you come back and you, you, your father sort of takes the piss out of you and says you are you just going to keep trying to escape this place and uh, the, but the the, the the story is compelling. The characters are fun. The voice acting is good. But really, the, it's the gameplay that makes this game shine so much. Um, roguelike games are fun because you and it's fun for someone like me as whose who's time gaming time is limited because you could just sit down for fifteen or twenty minutes and have a crack at it and then put it away, or you could play for two hours and do a load of run throughs. Um, but it's also that sort of. Um, it leaves you wanting to to get that bit further every time, and 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 there's a very clever sort of upgrade system. You're able to sort of every 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 run builds you more experience, and you become more powerful, and you unlock new weapons. Or the weapons are very varied, uh, and ultimately, it is just sort of a top-down isometric sort of hack and slasher. You know, it's just a bit of a button basher, but there's enough sort of variety to the moves and skills that it's never boring. The enemies are very well designed. Uh, it's very, it's a really gorgeous looking game. It's almost done in a sort of um, a, a cartoonish anime style. So uh, yeah, hi- highly recommend um, everyone checking out Hades. I'll give it a shot. No, I've just had a look here. It's um, it looks very sort of stylized as well, which uh, which is very pretty. Yeah, it's 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 a gorgeous looking game. I li- I like the ge- I like that games nowadays can basically look like awesome eighties like uh, anime. Uh, right like imagine like i'd love to play a game of akira if such a thing doesn't exist please make it somebody <laughs> for sure that kind of makes me think about um a few of the games that i didn't get a chance to play this year like i know persona 5 was absolutely huge um and they, they yeah gone, like, i never very i never tried those look. games no, they're, they're like um they're like pers- they're, they're like uh, dating simulators in high school mixed There's with a combat lot of or something. Weird Is that right? stuff going on there. I mean, that feels that feels accurate. Please, yeah. please correct me if I'm wrong, <laughs> but that sounds if, right. If you have played these games, please message us because uh, <laughs> I have not got round to it. Uh, right, Tom. So that's uh, my number four. What's your number three of 2020? My number three is um, a game that I believe you've played. So this will this will be interesting. <gasps> Fingers crossed. The Last of Us 2. Well, do you know what? My number three is also The Last of Us 2. So what a happy coincidence. Ideal. So let's, let's open up the floor uh, to, a, to a conversation. Right, take, take it away. Um, so this was the follow-up to The Last of Us 1, funnily enough. Um, <laughs> just The Last of Us, as it was called at the time. It's um, immediate sort of follow-on. Um, to, to be convinced, it's, it's a story that's told in across a very interesting, very different way to anything that I've seen in, in a game, certainly in recent years. But it is an almost like direct follow-up to the events that happened within The Last of Us 1. Um, it's uh, maybe a few years down the line and you're playing as Ellie and it is very much dealing with the consequences of everything that happened in the first game. Um, but it's what Naughty Dog have done really well is they've started telling really good character pieces um, which is something that they did with the Uncharted series which I think really set it apart from the Tomb Raider series where they just managed to really find what motivates characters what makes characters interesting and compelling and worth following within a story other than that you're playing them and you paid to do so which which is an insane reason to get on board for something. <laughs> it's like i've paid yeah. 60 pound i should like this person um 
isn't necessarily enough. And they've dealt with something that has been dubbed the ludonarrative dissonance, which is this oh. idea that um, the gameplay or that you play as a person doesn't line up with the story that you're trying to tell. Um, we use Uncharted as an example, where you've got this guy who's a treasure hunter. He's a fun-loving family man who's just out there to get treasure. He's also a mass murderer. He's perpetrated <laughs> genocide several times over. The body count on those games is wild and through the roof. But for some reason, you're supposed to still like this guy. Um, they've sort of taken that <laughs> and really run with it in this game, where they thought, okay... What if you as a character actually have horrendous consequences on the world around you and you have to answer for those? And that is that is something that it, it starts to explore. Yeah, and, and explore it, it does. Uh, so much so that it, it, I found this game as amazing as it was, and it is an amazing game and achievement in both storytelling um, and, and visuals. Um, but it, it, to that point, it does you do feel the weight of consequences uh, of, of the actions in this game, uh, both as a player and, and you see your character, Ellie, experience the sort of um, the, the emotional weight of what she is doing. Uh, and and you're, you're kind of helpless and along for the ride, which I, I, I like because um, it feels like an extension of, again, no spoilers for anything, but it feels like an extension of what they did in the end of The Last of Us, the first game, which was very much a sort of a big moment happens that you as a player have no control over it's this mm. is what is going to happen to serve the story and this is what I, this I character would say is it's character yeah character driven decisions that are made there where the character is acting as the character would in that situation it's not necessarily yeah. what you want them to or what you've come to to think that characters would do because you've played video games before right you always want or want whoever to be the good guy or to do the right thing but when you look at the like joel's decisions towards the end of the first game joel being the character that you play I understand why he did what he did. I don't necessarily agree and I don't want him to do those things, but it was a really weird sort of like mind and body separation where I'm like, yeah. okay, so me as a person playing this game or me as a person watching this film is thinking two different things. Yeah. Um, and they really managed to capture that issue and turn that into an entire game. This time. Yeah, exactly. And it's not always comfortable, but it's, it's, and, and it's also against what the sort of trend in video gaming was, was uh, it largely around choice, you know, providing the player choice and something like the Mass Effect series, which is also excellent. But, you know, this is that you as a player are shaping your character by their decisions and that's shaping the world around you. Naughty Dog are just telling this is their story. This is Ellie's story. And you're just kind of along for the ride. And it and it is, um, it is a very compelling story. And also I like that it's very human, Right. And, and, and it's something that, you know, this is essentially set in a post-apocalyptic world um, and, and could. And, but that, that almost feels just like window dressing. This is really just um, at the core of it is examining fundamental human emotions and, and impulses such as grief and revenge and obsession. Love. I would say and, thematically oh, yeah. obsession is a, is a big thing that that is a, a driving force throughout this because it. There are so many moments within this where um, you're, you, as the character, have the opportunity to do some, to walk to walk away um, from what it is that you're pursuing within this, um, and it's it's interesting to see how both a person and the people around you can get torn apart by something uh, something so 
the awful as hate and and exactly and 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 the other interesting thing about it is that they examine that obsession and the hatred uh from multiple perspectives without saying saying too much and that was yeah. a very i think a very controversial decision um for for there was a there was a reaction from the fan base um about this game a very visceral one and and i would say an unfounded one but i think the fact that they were got that reaction was evidence that what their decision was the right one right yeah. that this is that, that's the whole, that, to it that's the whole point of what they were trying to do was like <laughs> <laughs> like examine what is happening from all perspectives no, but like the fans of this or the the sort of haters of uh of that decision were very much like how could you make me experience this from that person's perspective i just want to hate them and they have those people have entirely missed the point yeah that's yeah. that is exactly true they've yeah. they've really torn apart this this kind of like my mind body and soul they've separated into entirely different things and said okay make all of them look at each other um yeah. and that has sat very uncomfortably with some people as you say like it's an uncomfortable ride like it's not a <laughs> amazingly it is not a fun game to play like it's really <laughs> no, a lot it's really not and and it's it's very and it and it's also i had to i, I still haven't finished it by the way it's but i've been playing it since <laughs> july uh, and i've been distracted by other things but the and i will finish it but it's not to your point i can't it's not something you just binge for me anyway i had to like pace myself with it it's a it bit like the people heavy. who sat and binged watch the handmaid's tale like it's just a bit much isn't it <laughs> yeah exactly you, you know I Give guess yourself it's a break. really good but you, it's too much of too much and i have one final thing to say about it i naughty dog as good as they are uh, and they particularly excel at storytelling and characterization and oh, like making beautiful visuals like in insane looking realistic uh, games but they really need to update a lot of their gameplay mechanics please god i can't play another naughty dog game in which i have to move a um move a giant bin so that <laughs> oh, my friend I can't get can up jump there. up <laughs> it's like i can't climb anything i need i need somebody else to help me climb something yeah exactly oh press y to grab what, someone's what hand they it's need like to that's do not interesting is they need to find better ways to hide loading screens which is all they're doing during these times yeah, like yeah, uh, people are getting more and more savvy to the fact that every corridor every empty corridor and every elevator that you get in in a video game is a loading screen that's being hidden <laughs> <laughs> yeah which apparently on the PS5 is not a problem. <laughs> no corridors. Instant loading. <laughs> um, right, so that's our both of our number three of the year. We'll go back to you, Tom, then for your number two. Uh, well, I know that you have thoughts on this, Dave, but um, how do you feel about Cyberpunk? Oh, I have lots of thoughts about uh, Cyberpunk. Oh, I, I, I'm going to say up front, Cyberpunk is not on my top five, not because I hate it or anything, but... Um, I haven't played it enough. In, in all in all honesty, I've I've only played like five hours of it, so I can't really make an assessment. Uh, but Tom, tell us, uh, and I'll talk a bit more about it in a bit. But you you um, tell it's us. Difficult why it's difficult to rate a game that isn't finished, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and may never be finished. <laughs> so there's much controversy when this game was released. Uh, CD Projekt Red, all kinds of issues <laughs> with with getting this um, to, to the people. Uh, they've pushed back the release date three or four times, and they finally decided to release it tail end of last year um, to uh, a good number of issues, so we say. Is that a fair assessment of, of what happens? That's it, underestimating the... Uh... 
a I, lot. Honestly, a it's lot the of biggest. It's one of the biggest backlashes to a video game release I've I've ever seen. Well, this is a game that's been hyped since 2012. I think it's been at least 12, eight years in in the making. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so unsurprisingly, people were livid when they had a game that had um, all kinds of bugs and issues and things that couldn't complete it and so on and so forth, which was a problem. And the CD Projekt Red tried uh, their best to remedy some of these, and they got a couple of patches out before Christmas, which is when a lot of people are going to be playing. Um, I self-included and um yeah it's uh, a, a catastrophe would be a good way of describing how this game release has gone <laughs> uh, um, i think what is perhaps most telling is the fact that they clearly didn't optimize this game for the generation of console that it was due to be released on they were like oh you know it's fine on pc so why are you worried it's like wouldn't people aren't necessarily buying it on that they're buying it on the console that they already own and the one you marketed it at over the last year yeah half um, of pre-sales were for ps4 and xbox one and the, the naivety for them to come out and say like oh we thought more people would be playing on the current gen it's like you wanted to release this earlier in the year when the current gen wasn't out that's yeah. you know it's not been the best well handled thing however um after these two patches have come out oh i think there's a few more than two patches now but either way it's got to a point where it's now stable and it's playable on the current generation and it is really very good <laughs> so despite everything and yeah there's still some bugs and things don't look as good as they should be and it's a little rough around the edges fine but um for the best part of i don't know however many probably 20 hours that i've put into it so far it's um it's been solid it's been stable i've only had a couple of glitches a couple of um a couple of crashes uh it's it's won me over despite that despite the the issues that it's put up in in front of me uh so immersive is the world and so vast was the ambition of what they've tried to put together and i think for the best part have achieved that um i I can't not fall in love with it the night city feels like a place it feels like a new world um unlike well similar to things and i'm sure we've said this before dave that it's nothing new from the the deus ex series it's Mm. is a variation on a theme but it feels so much more uh well-rounded i suppose like the the world that they've created feels far more tangible and like the rules within it all kind of align it feels like when you're playing uh, a level within there that you're in a place that just exists it's not that you're doing the level and then you have to jump on this box and then go here it's not all it's not all spoon fed um and the characters are interesting and the places are are kind of intriguing and the mystery and the conceit it's all everything they've got going on in it is really truly very good which is why i can see that these uh, reviews that come in from the PC version, where it is mostly sound, um, have said, you know, oh, it's one of the best games it's ever been. And then the console reviews are coming in and saying, no, it's kind of like a three or a four out of ten. It's it's buggy as hell. But yeah, I I can I can see that. But it seems to me as though a lot of people clearly haven't installed a PC game in the nineties that they knew their computer was incapable of playing, <laughs> yeah, and then tried to push on anyway. And it really shows because oh that is God. what it feels like. I know the limitations of this game, and if I go into it knowing that, then I I can I can avoid things like I'm going to make less things explode. I shouldn't have to, but I know it's going to struggle. You just absolutely struck a chord with me there. I haven't I haven't played PC games in since the 90s, but yeah, I used to go used to absolutely buy games that were way out of my spec and then just go in and used to be able to customize like turn off all the fancy graphics things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just so, just polygons, please. Just make it run. But if it's good, <laughs> if the game's good, it doesn't really matter how it looks in in that regard. I think, you know, there's plenty of text-based adventures which are still hold hold a torch today. Yeah. Um and you know if if the 
everything else you've got is is tight. And I think the shortfallings that Cyberpunk has on the current gen, and it is being optimised, so in a couple of months' time it'll be fine and this will all be irrelevant. Um, but also, you know, people love bad press, people love, you know, it's the the hate clicks, right? It's it's easy to generate a market of people who want to... Who want to dunk on something that other people have been looking forward to um but it it works it works well that's encouraging to hear and i'm definitely going to go back to it i'm going to i'm going to wait um another few weeks because i've got a a few other games to finish up and then i'll maybe there are more patches coming a few patches yeah yeah (laughs) uh just to absolutely patch myself up but the thing (laughs) um i played it for about five or six hours it crashed four times on me um and this was you know the, the the day of release so i'm sure they fixed a lot of that um the graphical glitches and bugs don't ever bother me i think they're funny uh and and i've been really enjoying all the youtube clips of like the mad stuff like there's a great one where um somebody is on a mission they drive into a car by mistake and then the weather changes uh, from, <laughs> from like night to day <laughs> the second he hits the car um so a lot of them are just gas and um the the thing that disappointed me though um was not the story and the characterization because I think CD Projekt Red are excellent at that and the world building and I, and I think all the work's been done there and sounds like uh, that that uh, stays strong 20 hours in like you say but I thought what was disappointing was the hype the hype machine was always going to let this thing down anyway after 8 years and I, and I was aware of that like lower your expectations a little bit but I think they really dropped the ball on like the open world AI and how things um you know how how passersby interact. How um, you know, you, like I don't, I didn't like the fact that I could run through a crowd with it waving a gun and nobody would flinch. <laughs> uh, I didn't like the fact that I could run people over. The police never seemed to show up. Um, they didn't feel like there were any sort of consequences to this world. And 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 what it made me appreciate was just how good Rockstar are at doing those things. You know, Rockstar create these. And they've been doing it for a much longer time, probably than CD Projekt Red, in terms of like worlds that feel like real and have consequences. But I think conversely, CD Projekt Red are much better at creating, like I said earlier, with The Witcher, that those mission, the missions and stories that um, have a bit more of a character and story drive to them, rather than Rockstar's gameplay, which is very much like there's a thing there now you're going to drive there you shoot a few people and you're going to drive back with somebody else and have a conversation which i think gets quite repetitive so for me there's kind of somewhere i'd love for these two companies to both have to fail and then merge into one super open world story maker cg project rockstar that's what we're <laughs> yes for. yes please that's the ideal outcome um right well my number two of the year uh was a game that is not at all from this year but uh, technically was released this year on the platform i played it on so i'm gonna gi- i'm gonna give myself some points for this um it's xcom 2 on the switch uh which uh, i've i've found I've, I've it's happened to me a couple of times in my life where i've like bought the same game on different consoles or platforms and i've done it here because i played xcom 2 on xbox one years ago when it came out and when it came out on Switch this year, because uh, 2K, the publishers released their whole most of their awesome back catalog on Nintendo Switch this year. So the Bioshock trilogy came out for Switch. Um, the XCon games, Borderlands, all uh, some really good titles in there. And like XCOM 2 is absolutely my bag. Like the I love turn-based tactical games, um, and XCOM is 
probably the best of them um because it's got you know like i said with hades earlier it's got that permadeath thing so for anyone who doesn't know what it is it's essentially like alien invasion game and you play the humans that that was xcom 1 you play the humans defending from an alien invasion xcom 2 the story is set 20 years after that and the aliens have taken over earth and it's a lot like uh, the do you remember that old show v um oh yeah yeah, the yeah. letter v and uh, it was like a benevolent sort of seeming aliens invading earth through politics and appearing quite um friendly and smiley but actually they're lizard people it's it's a bit like that so there's it, 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 there's an interesting sort of bit of world building where it's a uh the they have become the the institution the these sort of friendly faced dictators coming with propaganda and everything and you play a sort of rebellion trying to rail against that but it's got all the great elements of a sort of a, a management and strategy game you know you run your base and you have to build facilities and all this kind of stuff and train your soldiers then put them into battle and it's turn based but it really kind of excels in you're able to customize your soldiers however you want so naturally i made all my uh, myself and friends and family and then you start making celebrities and you have a, a real laugh doing all that stuff um all the stuff that you we all did in the sims um and but you become attached to these people these these soldiers um and then you develop them and they they get promotions and they become uh better you know they they, they unlock abilities and when they fucking die in the middle of a battle because you made a stupid mistake you feel it uh you, you absolutely get that feeling um that you've let them down and then you've lost one of your best people uh and it stings and it's very hard to get that a lot of the time in modern games for uh, it's also an incredibly challenging game it's very hard uh, so i i like challenge in a game and i like consequence and for me this kind of scratches both of those things and it's a very well put together product it's the investment isn't it i think like if you can get yourself invested in a character uh or characters by spending time with them um you have some sort of stake in it so then if you lose them it actually means something whereas too often in games now it'll be like oh here's a here's a character we've introduced them you're just supposed to care about them because we're telling you that you have to and then they die and you're like well i don't care because i've got no investment i'm not i have no interest in this person these these pixels mean less to me (laughs) than these pixels exactly see see every call of duty campaign mode which i could not (laughs) name you a single one of those characters and i played a lot of those campaigns Right, Tom, what was your number one of the year? Ooh, here we are. The the big one. It's Death Stranding. It came out last year. I don't care. That's a great game. <laughs> Wasn't this your number one last year as well? <laughs> I, can't, I can't remember. <laughs> Probably. It deserves to be here twice. No, Death, Death Stranding is uh, a real masterstroke. So if you've if you've not had a chance to play it this year or last, then make sure that you do it now because it's it genuinely a really truly brilliant game. Does very well to align gameplay with the type of story it's trying to tell. Um, if I know it gets a lot of um, a lot of stick for being like a, an Amazon delivery simulator is what a lot of people think of it. As, <laughs> yeah, because you are you you play a role of a porter. You're delivering stuff from A to B, and a lot of the challenge of the gameplay is just traversing landscape. So, yeah, I could see why it gets those comparisons. But in the context of the story that they're telling, it makes a world of sense. And um, it's terrifying. Uh, the, the dangers of the world that you're walking through, like a threat that you can't see, is such a, a clever 
idea within a game, and I know it's probably nothing new, but um, it's it's nonetheless completely terrifying when you've got the little thing flicking, telling you sort of how how close you are to a, to an invisible enemy that could, would would end you and cause horrible real world consequences fascinating and the story they've set up as well like it's it's haunting and it's eerie it's this kind of like really sparse kind of nordic thrillery feeling sci-fi which i don't think you see in games enough it feels a lot more like the film arrival um than it does oh, you know, sort of like film. a michael blake uh, blockbuster it's um it's when it starts to lose its way in the third act a bit and the cutscenes are um they're long and if i think there's maybe 20 hours of cutscenes in it something L- long like cutscenes from a hideo kojima game whatever next right <laughs> yeah, yeah um but they're all good they're all really interesting i all feel like they added something I, I think you can if that's a problem then it's because they're not they're not good but they are good so i, ca- I can't see what the what the issue is um i'll happily sit down and watch whatever entertainment it is you you put in front of me the fact that i can play parts of it fantastic (laughs) but um i can see why people didn't think that they were going into a film when they were buying a game but you know it's it isn't going to be for everyone for sure uh but i think in terms of the type of sci-fi uh and then the newness of the story the originality of of a lot of the um story work that they've put in there it's unlike anything any story that i've ever heard or seen um, and I think it's fantastic for that reason because you you got to innovate when you're making new games because otherwise it's just more fetch quests. Go to the place and do the thing. And you know, love the GTA franchise though I do. I think that is one of the places that falls down. It's like I don't, I'm not interested. Yeah. <laughs> I've got no, I've got no stake um, in this. Which you know, stories like this, I think. I'd much rather see something, take a risk, and make something like this, and it not land for everyone um, than just more and more of the same. That's it's exactly why I haven't finished Red Dead Redemption Two yet, and it happened to me on the first one. Is that I just like it's a, they're very long games, and they are essentially fetch quests. So I kind of it, I get tired of it after a while. As much as everyone's probably screaming at me now because I know that, and, and you're probably thinking that game is um, ends really well by all accounts. Uh, but I did eventually finish the first one after three years, so I think I'll get there. Um, <laughs> I haven't played Death Stranding. Um, I really want to, and you've made me want to play it even more after what you just said. But the thing that put me off is the the length of it. Right? It's 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 a this is a very long game. I, is it that right? Is, it is quite long. It's certainly not as long as another game I played earlier this year was. Um, what was it called? Assassin's Creed Odyssey, which is the oh, one yeah. set in ancient Greece. That was a sixty-hour game. And um, from right. what I've taken away from that, that 60 hours is too long for a game. I think if you've <laughs> yeah. got anything in the kind of 30 to 40 region, absolutely fine. That's tangible. Great. But games that say that they're, you know, oh, it's it's got 60 to 70 hours of gameplay, 80 hours, got 150 hours of gameplay. You, you, The arrogance of a game to believe that it's going to be good enough to keep your attention for that duration is is wild however the length that um death stranding is and i th- i think it was sort of a 30 to 40 hour game would justified it especially because of the the type of story that they're telling there and how much of that you kind of start to make yourself it's certainly not like um a decision tree type thing whether you know the decisions that you're making change the world around you but how you play it and how you progress is very much determined by some of the decisions that you make from a tactical gameplay standpoint um, because it is a couriering sim to to a degree. So you can make your life easier or you can make your life difficult based on what you decide to do with the world to uh, to make your life easier or harder. 
Um, so you could pick up more packages or fewer packages. Well, yeah, and you know, if yeah. you're not interested in the packages, then the game would be very short. <laughs> or if, <laughs> if you're, um, you know, if you're willing to put the time in, you can have a smoother ride and perhaps a more fun ride, getting things to places and thusly progressing the story further forwards. Um, and then, yeah, it's it's a real it's a real balance in that one. I think it, the more you put in, the more you get out. Okay. Well, it's look. It's it's on my very very long list, and uh, I, I I will get there one day. The the absolute benefit of this my uh, new sort of gaming style of being three years behind everybody else is that I get to buy games for next to nothing by the time I play them. So um, you know, I'll pick I'll pick up Death Stranding for a tenner in in two years, and uh, I, I think it's worth that now at the moment. Oh, so. is it? Oh, great. Yeah, good okay. time to get it. Um, right. Uh, my Number one of the year is something that you and I talked about about three or four years ago when it first came out and you were playing it. Um, and I finally got round to it this year. Uh, and it was No Man's Sky. Um, and I did the VR thing uh, in this. So because I read that there was a VR version of No Man's Sky and I thought, right, that's this is the way to sort of... Uh, For sure. Give yeah. this a crack. Um, and I was absolutely like hook line and sinkered into this thing <laughs> and the game by the way I, like with all lists I'll, I'll say like i'm not saying no man's sky is a better made game than the last of us 2 because i think objectively speaking that is probably untrue um and no man's sky has a lot of problems and largely it's uh, i could see it having a very a point where it becomes boring <laughs> right or repetitive right yeah it's it, it, it's it's it, it's it's as it's kind of limited in its potential and also potentially unlimited in in your um depending on sort of what you're getting out of it and there's no there's no real story to speak of uh you know i, I don't know why i'm just listing off bad things let, let me let me let me focus on what i liked about this experience. really selling it <laughs> yeah i i this is you know there's, there's there's times when you're playing throughout my gaming life where i'm like uh i feel like i'm experiencing something that's new and fresh and looks different and and for me that's things like you know um the first time i saw uh mario in 3d on the n64 and that kind of feeling of like you know this is really something now this is untapped um uh, you know this, this is what the next generation so to speak or the, the you know this is what the next level of gaming can look like and and in many ways that was sort of the the birth of 3d uh, you know, you know, proper proper three D, um, and this for me was a good example of what VR can do and what um, what's the word uh, um, generated. Uh, you know, auto a generated uh, universe procedural generation. Yeah, Thank you. Yeah. yeah, procedural generation. So that, that and that's the kind of hook of No Man's Sky, isn't it? This is an infinite an infinite universe to explore of planets and worlds that you can hop in a spaceship and go to and it'll have loads of different flora and fauna and things to do and it's all procedurally generated so there's literally it's the a universe to explore um so for me it was incredibly exciting to put on a vr headset and feel you know get that depth perception as you said just hop into the cockpit of a spaceship and just like go absolutely anywhere and then land somewhere on a planet and then start mining and then build a you know it's a bit minecrafty in places you know i just you know you're building structures and but i, I just kind of got sucked into it and 
The other big part of No Man's Sky is something that I'm a real sucker for, and it sounds really boring, but it's inventory management, uh, <laughs> right? And that's largely you, what the- you love. Death Stranding. <laughs> It sounds like it will, actually, if I'm like, <laughs> if it's trying to manage how many packages you can carry. And, uh... <laughs> oh, in a big way. <laughs> um, I, I love a bit of inventory management, and that's why I spent 100 plus hours in Skyrim. Uh, and it's got its own internal economy. So, you know, uh, it's, it's all about like buying and selling resources and finding stuff. All, all stuff that not really doesn't really amount to anything, but it's all these little short term goals that are driven by your own it's driven by you and your own imagination so i want to build this structure uh, and i want to do it at the top of that mountain and i'm going to need x mineral which i'm going to scan for and there it is and i'm going to pick it up but i and that, but now i'm going to sell this thing to that trader to get more of the mineral and it's just like it kind of just spirals from there and it doesn't really amount to anything but i'd spent like 10 hours building a a house on top of a mountain and i was incredible <laughs> and i was incredibly satisfied by that experience it's such um, a good game to explore the VR thing in. I think if anyone was looking for a, what's what's going to be the gateway game, what's the one that's actually worth really, really sort of putting on the goggles for the first time and seeing something new like they've never seen before, this is a fantastic example. I joined um, the No Man's Sky world back in 2016 when it first released, and it's it had a bit of a rocky road back then. Um it was sort of put forward as, uh, I think it was an E3, and Sony was saying, it's going to be one of the flagship games, it's going to be like, this is the reason to come to the PlayStation at the time, or, or whatever. Um, come come and look at this, this is the this is going to be the new big thing. Um, and when it released, it, it fell short of that, which is the, similar to, I guess, issues that all games do, Cyberpunk, the hype machine, um, where you've got all eyes on it and then everyone wants it now and you can't afford to wait any longer because you've got to get it to market because you're running out of investment and so on and so on. Um, the game gets rushed, it gets brought forward, it gets put out unfinished and then people are like, hey, this isn't what I wanted. Um, <laughs> yeah. I wonder why. Um, but it had a real sort of... Um, a real redemption story because Hello Games uh, and their founder, whose name has escaped me, really put time and effort into turn it into what they promised. So they they mm. followed through on it. They really delivered on it. Um, and the, what they made was, was really very good, truly very fascinating, interesting, a vast world that was still worthy of your time, despite, as you say, this doesn't really amount to much, but it's still interesting and it's this great immersion and expansive immersion as well which is i often find that games sometimes struggle is the bigger that they get the less immersive they become because the worlds aren't as well fleshed out but if you couple this with something like vr as soon as you step you know i can be on a planet take off go to another planet land on that planet and it's just as vast and as populated as the one that i was previously on and you can do that infinitely it's baffling um to to even begin to comprehend and a real a real technological um, feat for sure yeah it is and it is uh, exactly and i feel like this, that's the potential of that for the future is incredibly exciting this is like you just combine these two things and add 10 or 20 years and we've got the holodeck you yeah <laughs> yeah oh adds like a mass effect level narrative to something oh, like no man's yes. sky and then you, th- i know that there's something that they tried with star citizen to whether or not that was a success i don't know um but the yeah, you're right. Like it, it's it marks the potential of what could happen next, and um, if that is true, and the ambition is there, I'm very excited for it. I, w- I will add one final caveat though. The um, the 
visuals of the PSVR No Man's Sky version are pretty terrible. So, like, <laughs> so because it's so big, um, and the processor speed of the PS4, even with the the VR thing that, that comes with the extra processor, um, the 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 sort of horizon is is quite blurry, even in the medium sense so you if you it, it is a bit of a shock when you first put it on when you're used to the crisp 1080p or 4k visuals that we get on a tv mm-hmm. um but i will argue that you just kind of forget about that and get used to it and really it's just that feeling like you're interacting with an environment kind of uh, makes up for that i would say there's good news to that end um, where Halo Games have announced that they are going to be porting to the PS5 and optimizing for that um, and also you know there's with the new processes and so on there's invariably going to be new VR stuff coming up from PlayStation because I'm sure that's an area that they're going to start wanting to focus on uh, given the success of the PSVR which is only 720p in each eye at the moment which um, yeah, which if that means anything to anyone it's not good but, um, no, especially especially when it's right up in your face. Like yeah. you really do, you can't notice pixels at seven twenty p. It's I only after having used a few of these headsets for a little while uh, did it become apparent that until we get four K in each eye, then it's that's when it's going to start to make a real difference because um, that that will be well. That's the holodeck. That's you say that is that's it. That's that's it, and I'm and I'm going to be there for it. <laughs> in a big way. No, I'm I'm Team VR all the way. Just make it accessible and affordable. <laughs> Okay, so those are each of our five uh, favourite games that we played uh, this year. Uh, Tom, what about, uh, do you want to rattle off some of the other things you played this year that you'd like to recommend? Yeah, for sure. Um, So, uh, well, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, I know it didn't come out um, this year or last, but uh, that was, it was worth a play. It was too long, it was too baggy, but still very much enjoyed it. (laughs) Did Um, did you do all 60 hours? All 60, oh yeah, oh yeah, in a big way. That was was my November. (laughs) Um, a few other games that I played. What do I? Jedi Fallen Order, which was oh, um, yeah. yeah, the Star Wars showing. That was that was this year, I think. I, That's good, I th- right? It's good. I thought a little underwhelming. It's good to be playing a um, Star Wars game again. Much now. Uh, oh, what was the the Force Unleashed? Fantastic game. Oh, that was good. Um, yeah, yeah. That, and, and the original Xbox, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah. I thought it was going to be great. You've lightsabers, new generation, great. Um, and it was, it was good fun. But the, the character work was just a little neither here nor there. It feels like they wanted to make a bigger game than they had time to. Um, still enjoyed it. It's still worth a play, but you know, certainly not full price. Um, what else have we got in here? Borderlands Three, very good. They did something very clever. Uh, this year as well where they worked out a way to do multiplayer but you don't all have to level at the same time which is always an issue that I have when I'm playing with friends who obviously have different amounts of times that they can invest into into playing games but we can still all play together on the same campaign in the same cooperative environment um, despite being vastly different levels it, it all still managed to balance itself which I think is going to be a thing that a lot of games are going to have to introduce going forwards because we can't all afford to be signing on and playing Destiny at the same time you know <laughs> so yeah that's the Destiny thing. Destiny is a great game. To that point, yeah, Destiny, that had its yeah. DLC. That came out um, tail end of last year, which was uh, also very good. Recommend that. Beyond Light. It's, it's more of the same, but it's still fun. Um, what else did we play? Need for Speed Heat. I haven't played a Need for Speed game in a long time. And oh, yeah. It is not good. <laughs> it's it's fine, but it's uh, the problem <laughs> with these racing games that have a campaign is that, oh, no, the cops are trying to shut us down, man. Yeah, you're, you're criminals. You're street racing. <laughs> of course, they're trying to, you're the bad guys. There's no two ways around that. You can't reconcile that problem. Um, what else have we got here? Fall Guys. Did you play Fall Guys this year? 
No, what's that? Oh man, this was um, this is a real sort of flash in the pan thing, but it was uh, it was a British uh, game studio. I can't remember the name, but they made a game that was basically Total Wipeout, um, kind of like a battle royale Total Wipeout type theme, and you played as these stupid jelly bean type things, just jumping over assault courses and stuff in a kind of it's a knockout type fashion. Um, uh, Total Wipeout is the it's the Takeshi's Castle thing, but with water. Is that's that the one exactly. That. Right? Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, imagine a digital version of that, which uh, which had a sort of like battle royale feel to it. Very so what's it dumb. Four, four guys. Fall guys. Fall. F A W. Fall guys. Yes. Okay. Um, very dumb. Very fun. It might be sort of like past its prime at the moment, uh, but it's uh, yeah a great laugh. Um, the Sims Four played that this year. You played The Sims. I you really had Sims. a lot of time. Oh yeah. <laughs> so they I'm um, so jealous of your life. They made the base game free. Um, at the beginning of the first lockdown, way back in March or April or whenever that was, uh, and that was a masterstroke from them because then all yeah. people just kept pumping money into the uh, into the DLC. So yeah, that, I mean that was good. That was a laugh. It's fun. it's a game that came out in what 2014, I think. But did the Sims? Did the Sims have? Did, are they having a pandemic? Did they? Have social <laughs> I'm distance? sure there's a mod there somewhere. Someone somewhere has made <laughs> that mod for you. Someone's buying. Someone distancing. is buying face masks for for their Sims. Someone's someone's paying. There's a PPE issue in Simville. Um, <laughs> the Animal Crossing as well to that point, which I which I didn't play, but uh, you know we can't not talk about it. Yeah, I, I haven't played this because I feel like I might get obsessed with it. Um, that's my that's <laughs> yeah. my fear. I I can't afford to do that. It's it's menial tasks, it's odd jobs, but turned into some sort of simulator, which is for some reason satisfying, and it's done wonders. But uh, yeah, that's one I'm, I'm really good, really good. I missed out on. There's a few that I've I, missed out on this year. That I really well. You do you, do you have a Nintendo Switch? I do not, Dave. I do not. Yeah, which is Tom, my mistake. Treat yourself to a Nintendo Switch. It's a <laughs> lovely little console, and it's got like I think it was the one I played the most this year overall because it's got this. Um, it it's got its own. It feels like it's got its own game selection, very apart from Xbox and and PlayStation. It picks up a lot of the indie stuff that comes out on PC that doesn't hit consoles, for 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 whatever reason. Uh, and they just do cracking sales where you can get awesome games for like a pound. Um, this is the issue that the PlayStation has, especially, which is my primary console. Is that the deals are basically non-existent. You know, you have a look at Steam. You can sign on to Steam, and there'll be uh, any number of deals. Like all of the games are on sale all of the time. But you go onto the PlayStation, the same games are still 50 quid. It's like, I yeah. wouldn't pay for it that much new. I would have it like a pre-order somewhere for less than that. So, yeah, it, that needs to catch up. But we'll see if we'll see if Sony catches up. Well, what about you, Dave? What, uh, what else have you played this year? Um, well, m- mine are all from, mostly from the Switch, actually. Because uh, I've, I've hit the big uh, PlayStation ones. The... Um, Oh, actually, I've got one one extra one from PlayStation VR. Was Astrobot the Astrobot VR? Oh yeah, um, thing is an incredibly uh, cute and uh, well put together little platformer, which I um, I really enjoyed. Very very polished. Um, there's a great little game I discovered on Switch called Akane, um, and I don't know is it Akane or Akane. I've I've never heard it said spoken out loud, but it's A K A N E. And it's uh, again a sort of roguelite thing, perma- permadeath. You you play this literally an anime character in a in a pixel style world who's got a gun and a sword, and you're in a uh, tournament room uh, or, or a tournament like a, sta- a stadium style um, where uh, enemies are coming at you, and there's an audience, 
and it's set in the future and you just have to kill as many as you can with your sword and gun but it's and that's it and it's just an incredibly like cheap looking game but one with um very tight uh gameplay and incredibly short and addictive like each round you'll die in like two or three minutes each time but it's incredibly compulsive um another game this was the year of uh i think couch uh co-op probably came back um for a lot of people because we were indoors and we had uh uh, Kathy's sister uh, uh, Elizabeth came to stay with us um, for four months because her university closed at the beginning of the year um, and me and her played a lot of couch co-op stuff on, on Switch and there were some fun ones like the stretchers uh, where you both play um, uh, paramedics uh, but with zany um, uh, physics zany physics simulators so people are just bouncing up and down and it's very cartoony I think Nintendo still are the kings of couch co-op in many ways uh, and then another one which i highly recommend is um overcooked overcooked uh, is fantastic oh isn't it it's so, it's so fun very good yeah <laughs> i've i've never had so much fun cooking as i have with overcooked and it, and you could barely call it cooking really but it's just like uh if for anyone who doesn't know it's a cooking simulator with up to four people on the same screen bomberman style and you each are have to work together to produce you're in a restaurant and produce uh, X number of dishes and and they vary. So somebody's chopping veg, somebody's boiling rice, and then you have to come together to produce, produce um, mass produce a, a lot of meals. And it's fucking challenging, isn't it? To, to <laughs> yeah, work it's, together is very very <laughs> testing <laughs> and funny. It's like so funny when you're screen. It, it is like being in a live kitchen in a live kitchen environment because you're looking to the person on the, on the right because it's all like timed and you're dropping stuff and you're like, where's the where's my eggs? Where's the rice? Um, it's so, it's the, the prime example of doing a simple task, but with doing a simple task badly, which yes. seems to be a great means of like any couch cup. There's another thing called um, Human Fall Flat. I don't know if you came across that at any point, but that similarly is uh, a game where you just have a bad physics engine to try and attempt um, relatively quite normal tasks, like open this door. <laughs> it's very, very testing, but also great fun. Well, on, on that note, I have another one. My next one is also... Um ridiculous funny badly produced physics engines uh surgeon simulator i played on the um on the switch this year uh which is essentially a joke game i think i think it was produced actually as a as a a sort of in one day at one of those hack um things i think there's an interesting story to the back they they produced it as a joke in like 24 hours or something Uh, but it took off surgeon simulator so just like ridiculous graphics you control uh, surgeons two hands with your controller and each button represents like one of their fingers and you have to perform <laughs> oh, no. open heart surgery i mean it's it's essentially impossible but quite hilarious so it's you're and you're trying to do you're trying to like do very fine motor skills with an impossible control screen so what what it, it what you what you just end up laughing where you while you're like trying to gently uh, open someone's rib cage with a hacksaw to get their heart but you're just kind of going whoa and mashing things and try- <laughs> so it's it, it's a good laugh and it again sound- i got that for like a pound it sounds a lot like um qwop or qwop did you ever play that oh before? <laughs> did i did i what that's a that's a horrible game but just so hilarious so that's that's where you control an uh, an athlete who's doing the 100 meters and each of the letters of the title represent an, a limb. Is that's kind of yeah? That's like QWOP is each a limb, and you have to try and run a hundred meters. I think <laughs> it's so impossible <laughs> and, fr- and frustrating. Um, 
Um, another one uh, was What the Golf. Um, it was just, <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. Another really funny physics-based comedy kind of game. I would describe it as a, nominally a golf game, but they basically said, what if golf, but you're hitting uh, cactuses, and then it just goes from there. But it's 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 actually <laughs> very... Uh, very very fun probably the funniest game i played this year um uh and then uh doom i went back and bought all the original doom games for switch and they really hold up uh, particularly the 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 first one uh doom being the first one of the first ever first person shooters on on pc and um it's uh it ported really well to nintendo switch and that that game yeah while it doesn't have the sort of sophistication of uh, uh of, of you know sort of a a right control stick to look around in it's very you know strafing left and right <laughs> old school goldeneye style but um it still really holds up the gameplay and that is fun the monsters are fast the weapons are um have a lot of variety so uh yeah massively um massively enjoyed playing that again and then lastly i got a shout out uh it's not a video game but it is a game uh and this year i finally started playing dungeons and dragons uh with Kathy and you and I have been talking a lot about this because you and I are, fell fell off the deep end at the same time. Uh, sure, uh, you 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 picked up the D twenty as well, didn't you? Big time, yeah. No, yeah. I've I've not been playing so much Dungeons uh, and Dragons, but a lot of um, like one shot dice based games, role playing dice based games, where much much of the same thing, but there are a lot less um, rules light flavor heavy is the way to think about it. The favorite one so far being The Witch is Dead, where you all play as. Um, uh, like woodland creatures who have to avenge the death of a witch by killing a human man, which um, it's, <laughs> it's like it's dumb, but it's very, very funny. Yeah, and, and I think that's the that's the best thing about these kind of games is the uh, the imagination uh, and the unpredictability of the imagination of the people you're playing. Them yeah, with. So, the theatre yeah. of the mind. Yeah, exactly. And 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 also like what what I found interesting playing Dungeons and Dragons for the first time is that it's. Um, I, it, it is almost the genesis. It feels like the genesis of uh, so many video role-playing video game RPGs. Like, yeah. literally, like I was instantly familiar with most of the constructs of the rules. You know, HP, XP, uh, yeah. you know, it's like... Leveling I, I up. Hadn't, leveling up, yeah, exactly. I hadn't realized how, how much of video game role-playing games came from this this set of rules. So that was, that was uh, interesting. Yeah, it's there's loads of great ones that are worth doing. I think if you're looking for things to do with with friends, then you don't necessarily all have the time or the money or the investment to be putting into games to play together. Is that you can do these relatively affordably or for free? In fact, you just need some dice um, and uh, yeah. some willing participants. And um, yeah, there's there's loads of ones as well. Like I know that Dungeons and Dragons puts a lot of people off because it's got a stigma to it, which is which is falling apart now. Vin Diesel plays it; it's a whole thing. Um, so. <laughs> You you could look at some of the others. Bastion like, of, of credibility. <laughs> yeah, that's who I look to for credibility. What's Vin Diesel doing? Um, the you, you can look to other ones like Tales from the Loop, which is um, whether well, it was a show I think that came out was it this year or last yeah, year? Yeah, that was on Prime Video, wasn't it? Um, but yeah, that's cool. Almost got a kind of uh, Stranger Things feel to it, where you play as kids, school kids who are trying to solve various science fiction mysteries. Um, there's other systems like the Call of Cthulhu, which has its own problems, but that's kind of got like a noir type feel to it, um, set in the kind of like 20s, 30s, I think. Um, yeah, so there's there's all manner of different systems and things that are out there worth doing, but worth worth looking into. Possibly better, possibly better than Zoom quizzes. Maybe. Who's to say? 
<laughs> I I can't do another Zoom. Call, so. But I think I think you're right. I think it's that this is the uh, it is a good alternative for groups of friends to to do over you know in the year that that is the twenty was twenty twenty and will be twenty twenty one for a while. It's a good thing to try um, over Zoom. And I think you're right. Try with the one shots because Dungeons and Dragons it, it itself does require a bit. You need a a dungeon master who's put in the work to sort of uh, learn it all and luckily i i was bored enough to do that at one stage um <laughs> right so uh let's let's take it home tom what's uh what what, what are the f- uh few that you got away from you this year that you'd uh really wish you had played or um what have i got so uh final fantasy 7 the remake oh yeah i didn't get to that completely either. passed me by but uh, yeah. i'll get to it paper mario obviously it would help having a switch but uh you had to need to play that get a switch tom Yakuza, um, I've heard good things about that. Uh, slightly bonkers kind of GTA feel to it. Um, Persona, which has got all manner of awards and huge accolades. I still have no idea what it's about, so please, please let me know. <laughs> what is it? <laughs> um, Cloudpunk. Have you heard anything about Cloudpunk? No, tell me. I think it's. I think it looks loosely like a taxi simulator in a kind of like um, cyberpunk type world. It's got this artistic style to it. So I've, I've heard good things. Um, and then there's all the games that sort of came out this year, which I'll invariably get to playing next year, and I'm sure I have opinions on them. But uh, things like Assassin's Creed Valhalla, Miles Morales, Watch Dogs Three. These are the sort of big, big releases for for the this time of year. So you know, well, we'll get around to them for sure. I'm so looking forward to playing Miles Morales. That first yeah. Spider-Man game was awesome. Very good. I've heard that the duration, like the the total playtime of it, isn't isn't as long, which is a little disappointing. But um, it looks no, that's good for so. me. It's music to my ears. <laughs> fantastic. Less, shorter games, please. Shorter movies, Hollywood, and shorter games. <laughs> yeah, I want ninety-minute films. And I want fifteen-hour games. That's all I yeah, want. <laughs> that, exactly. That's exactly what I want. It's apparently, too much to ask. Um, there were a few for me uh, that I really want to play next year. Baldur's Gate 3 came out on of PC. Of course, I, I think yes. it's early access at that's, this stage. That's just D&D as a video game, Dave. That doesn't count. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a nice segue. Uh, but yeah, I, I was a um, huge fan of back in, you know, we referenced our the 90s and early noughties PC days for me. And that, that Baldur's Gate 1 and 2, I was obsessed with and played them multiple times. And I didn't even realize they were based in Dungeons and Dragons at the time. I thought they were just video games. Um, but they're, they're great. I'd love to play that. I'm, I'm looking into a cloud-based streaming service this year. Uh, you know, Stadia or Shadow mm-hmm. or one of the, one of those things uh, as an alternative to forking out that. After the, um, the cyberpunk debacle, uh, it seems like Stadia has come out on top because that's been the way to play it. Because why have a yeah. system your end that can can barely struggle to play anything when you can just have a server farm somewhere in California that you can just link to and uh, you've got everything at your fingertips. So yeah, that that's going to be huge in the next couple of years. This is probably the last series of consoles that we're going to see, last physical consoles. Yeah, probably. It's probably the last physical bodies that we're going to see as well when <laughs> our minds next, <laughs> next time we record me, this. Upload me our... to the grid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Divinity 2... Um, Wait, what's it called? Eternal something? Um, Divinity or Divinity? There we go. Divinity Original Sin Two. Um, I also picked up a few <laughs> the, weeks ago in the a second sale. sin. Uh, the sin. <laughs> Good point. Um, 
the I, this is by all accounts uh, one of the best RPGs ever made and it's in the vein of Baldur's Gate and those um, I picked it up in a sale a few weeks ago so I'll probably play that uh, 6 to 12 months from now um, and then the last thing which I haven't had a chance to play but was a real 2020 thing was Among Us the, oh of um, course yeah how could we go yeah. without saying anything about Among Us yes did you play it um, no but I've watched more than enough Let's Plays on it goodness me yeah, me too. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I get caught up in that stuff as well. Uh, so so it's something I'm. Uh, I'd I'd like to. Well, maybe you and me will get a get a few people together and try. A, <laughs> and try if you a want Among to us. see Dave and I play Among Us, join <laughs> our Twitch stream. <laughs> Smash that like button. Did feel like I was doing that. <laughs> uh, and what's your SoundCloud again? <laughs> um, and that's yeah, that's kind of it. The main bits for me, and I've also added to that list uh, Fall Guys and Cloudpunk. So thank you for that, Tom. You're quite welcome. What well, was were there? Just a couple of other shoutouts. Among Trees. I've heard good things about this. I know very little about it. I think that's uh, an indie game that's um, making some noise. And Call of the Sea as well, um, where you play as uh, someone tracking down your your lost husband in a kind of 1930s noir adventure type thing. Yeah, worth looking into. But these are those are my my indie picks, if you will. Nice, Tom, and that's Tom's indies picks. That's my indie picks. Welcome back. Uh, <laughs> okay, uh, well that's that's about it. Do you, do you have a worst of the year or a most disappointing? I don't. Well, you know the the year that has been has been one of full of disappointments. So <laughs> so no. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Um, I I was a bit disappointed by cyberpunk but i'm going to give it another chance uh, when the patch gets done and when i get 20 hours in like you you've just um, got to play like your machine can't handle it like you <laughs> don't go in guns blazing it's not ready for that <laughs> fair enough uh tom thanks uh thanks for joining me on this uh, virtual world where we will soon all be living it's been a pleasure yeah i'll see you in the in the universe of no man's sky see you on the grid <laughs> all right um if you want to uh recommend something to us that we have missed here uh or just want to chat to us in general um message us at the cinema on twitter uh or twitter uh or on facebook or instagram uh, or email the at gmail.com uh, and you can reach out to tom directly at at t silcock t silcock that's you. me do you want to spell that for the people at home? That's T-S-I-L-C-O-C-K. Thank you, Tom. Uh, so, that's it. We will... Uh, I had a lot of fun doing this. Thank you, Tom. I think we'll make this uh, an annual thing. We actually had um, uh, a couple of people ask for this to return. So, we at least two a people are two? listening to this right now. <laughs> What's wrong with so, them? Hello to both of you. Um, Tom, have a happy new year. And uh, let's hope that uh, I can finally play some of these games. That uh, <laughs> Yes, indeed. Year. Thank you for having me. Cheers, Tom. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. What do you do when no one else is watching? What do you do that makes you happy for no reason at all? What are you obsessed with? I'm Leslie Arfin, and I'm a writer, but I'm also a dancer, a painter, a vapor, a dollhouse enthusiast, and basically just an overall hobbyist. 
My podcast, Filling the Void, is all about what other people are fanatically into. We talk about hobbies, even if you don't have one. Listen to Filling the Void on Tuesdays on the Erios Network and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com. Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the aging process, so I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip <laughs> off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford, and Craig Revel Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.